Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, welcome to a brand new Hold On To Your Hats, The Sun's Still Out, Five Heart <laughs> Podcast. Uh, I'm Greg Mahochko. Joining me as always, our founder, our fearless leader, John Dam Johnston. And before the night is through, we do expect to be joined by another coordination writer. Uh, so that's just going to set the scene for a little bit later. John, how are you? I'm great. It's wonderful to see you. You're just saying that because it's wonderful to see me at 8 o'clock Central instead of 9 o'clock. It's probably a little bit more doable. We'll see. It probably won't yeah. always be 8 o'clock, as you know. And as the good uh, viewers and listeners of the Five Heart Podcast know, I work a lot of evenings. Uh, so I'm here now. Next week it might be 8.30. Lord only knows. Going you know, we can't move it around too much if the drunks can't find us. They'll always, hey, they will always <laughs> find us. Uh, so with with all of the uh, uh, proper adieu that, that is necessary, let's welcome in uh, the third leg of, of this show, our special guest, uh, a Corn Nation contributor, as I mentioned. You know him. Yep. Probably like him to some extent. And that is Nate McHugh. Hello, Nate. Hey guys. He joins us with the sounds of murders being committed yeah, in the yeah. background. Is <laughs> Nate, is it is it as weird for you to uh, uh be seeing us in daylight? No. Um I think <laughs> when I look outside the sun's still out, so I think it's normal. I don't know. Just, we we never meet this early. That's the thing. Really? Yeah, it's usually I always like, thought it's oh, always been eight. Whatever. Um, I don't know. Maybe that was before we started doing video. I don't know. Well, it's good to see you, and it's good to see all of you exclusively on YouTube because John said so. John, why don't you tell yeah, us because why? I, well, I we have gotten some comments that people can't see other people's comments, but we put comments up, and they're commenting on comments. And they, Here's the thing. If everybody's on YouTube, we only have to worry about connecting to one social media service and the social media services can be finicky about allowing connections, uh, and everybody can be part of one big community on YouTube. And I hope you people, I hope everybody over on Facebook, did we post anything on Facebook? <laughs> I think we mentioned it last week at the end of the show. Yeah, okay. So I'll go over there and post this right now. But I, I hope that people from Facebook, Facebook, uh, you know, get over here and uh, and and join us. Well, so far we're a couple minutes in. We, uh, 
Maybe it's just me. I'm not seeing a single comment. So maybe YouTube was the wrong platform to go to. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. John, right there. Boom. Now we just need comment feed on the screen instead of just next to the video. I don't I don't understand what that means. So when we were using Restream, we could, sort for lack of a better term, embed the comment section to the side of the video, and it would it would show in the video. Now it's just on the side. Right. They they should be showing up down the side on the on the chat window in YouTube. Right. But it used to be in the video itself, and that's how everybody oh. got to read everybody else's. Oh. Comments. Well, here's the thing: the the comments show up on YouTube. Uh, 24 hours, I think they, they scroll or they have to program the stuff or they have to, they have to, I'm missing the word. They have to analyze it and then they post it. Oh, a screen. You think they have to screen our comments? Uh, I am guessing that they do some kind of, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, uh, they're just slow. They're really fast when they want to find your copyrighted music you're publishing. <laughs> Because they can find that shit in like five <laughs> seconds, and and they can say, "Hey, uh, don't publish this. You're you're getting demonetized, or you're getting crushed into the ground, or something." But uh, when it comes to other stuff, not so fast, my friend. I I wonder if Nate can hear us. Okay, it, it, are you just using speakers, Nate, or do you have a, an earpiece in? I'm using speakers, but. I was I muted myself because my daughters came out of their bedroom. So okay, I didn't know because you know, um, John it says it has said told me on this very show, it's like if you don't teach your children how to swear, then I will. So I wouldn't want to make sure that your girls weren't. Really <laughs> it's true. All right, so um, Colin says the people at YouTube are a bunch of Bill Callahans. And uh, I don't really think I can argue with that, although I don't know exactly what he means. Fred says, missed Monday. Girlfriend said, let's go to wall-to-wall wine, a ruse. Shoe store was next door. Felt like a frost coach team in the second half, helpless and confused. Wow. Good line again. That's Fred. I went to wall-to-wall wine right before Christmas, and I had my oldest with me. And we were just, I've never, I'd never been there. And I was going to buy my dad some whiskey for Christmas. And they have a glass off area of these high priced wines. Mm-hmm. And right when I saw the price of some of them, I'm like, oh, and I'm like, slowly back away, get my son away because I'm not going to spend, you know, $150, you're making, you're $200. Your diet. What? Yes. And so, um, yeah, so that's my experience of wall to wall wine. So I don't know if, if it's, you know, different franchise altogether, or if it's the same in a different name. Uh, but in my area, we have total wine, which is wine, all, all your types of alcohol. And then what I like to do is I like to go there and acquire my variety of beers. Um, I'm new to this. But, uh, you know, so anyway, great start to the show, but Hey, we have a lot to talk about this week. We it has been a very exciting, uh, last few days here in Husker Nation. Um, let's just dive right into it. The announcement came midday Wednesday that Ainsworth's own, the Bulldog himself, Carter Nelson, the top-ranked uh, prospect 
in the state of Nebraska is staying home. Nate? Me? Uh, yeah. I was, uh, up until last weekend, I uh, I was surprised. I would have expected him to pick Georgia, and I wouldn't have blamed him, and I would hope most Nebraskans wouldn't blame him to go to a, a program that puts in NFL player after NFL player that's winning national championships. You know, at some point, like, you know, your hometown school when they're winning three, four, five games a year. And then there's a huge school that comes in and says, Oh, by the way, we're the best team in the country. I mean, at some point I wouldn't blame the kid if he would have gone, but then I saw the picture of him and um, Kalen, our new QB commit, you know, relatively new. And when I saw them together, I thought, you know what? There might be a shot here. So, uh, supposedly, uh, Carter Nelson, before his visit, I think it was, he was eating, um, I think breakfast with a bunch of other commits and just loved the, the guys that he was around and just made the decision that he was going to commit before his visit, I guess, or, or one of the, his most recent visits. So, um, he, he could be a stud. You know, supposedly, yeah, what, seven foot in the high jump or something like that? That's insane. So, uh, I mean, it, I it's know. not it's not better than your PR for high jump, Nate. Uh, it's a lot better than my – I high jumped in junior high, and then they wouldn't let me do it anymore because I was so good at it. So That's right. That's what <laughs> – you scared all the competition away. Uh, so, as I mentioned, top player in the, uh, in the state, third best tight end. This is a ridiculous list. Look, look, there have been Nebraska kids, and and full grain of salt, I don't follow this as closely as others, so I'm sure some people will say, you're forgetting this guy. But it seems like most of the Nebraska kids get offers, you know, maybe from Nebraska, but Kansas State, Iowa, Iowa State, you know, we've seen some Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, but here's here's where he was taking some of his official visits uh, and unofficial visits. I want to make sure that I'm clear. Uh, took official visits to, of course, Nebraska, Penn State, Georgia, Notre Dame. Took an unofficial visit to Notre Dame, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Wisconsin, and others. I think he had in all 37 different offers, like uh, Power Five or, or, or D1 offers. Um so highly recruited, highly thought of. Um, let's see. I just had his measurable here a minute ago, so I apologize for the little delay. Six Something like five, six three two twenty. Six, six five, five six five two fifteen, which oh. means he can put you know probably twenty pounds, thirty pounds on his frame. And and there's something to be said. You know, Nate, you kind of touched on it, and and I've seen this elsewhere, but with the addition of Carter Nelson, that means that the top four players in the state of Nebraska are all staying home. I believe it is five out of the top six. And uh, the belief that uh, it, it uh, Damon Benning's boy is going to, you know, go to Nebraska as well. I mean, it's, it's unreal what, 
and, and this is going to be like, I think the main folks of the, of the, or at least in my opinion, the main, there's been such a shift in focus. And I don't know if it's that Nebraska's producing, you know, talent, you know, more talent than they have in recent years that that's, you know, highly sought after, or if the coaching staff is more focused or if they're not afraid to go into, you know, Ainsworth, visit the number three tight end by most metrics in the country and lay down an offer. It, it was Scott Frost scared to do that. Was Mike Riley scared to do that? We know Bo Pelini didn't care to recruit. I, scared wasn't the word. Okay. Well, I mean, th- we're fucking lazy is the word. Let's just, let's just be blunt about it. Mike Riley maybe not have been lazy, but the, the whole Frost regime, that's just, just – they thought that things were going to just come to them because it was Scott Frost, and that never happened. Can I, can I throw a crazy idea out there? Throw okay. a crazy idea out there. I'm hoping you would. Okay. So let's say, looking into the future, that Nebraska in two, three years starts winning. Would They're not going to have divisions anymore, but let's say they, they start – playing well enough they're like a perennial top 15 team you know and it's because of this upcoming this uh, recruiting class in these nebraska kids i think and again this is this might sound stupid but the rayola commitment to georgia could have been the best thing that ever happened to nebraska because who knows you know of course yeah if he would have committed and he would have been on this. He might have brought a bunch of studs with him. And I know that, but I I don't know if Nebraska gets those two Bellevue West wide receivers. Um, do they get Carter Nelson? I don't know. You know, because it seems like Daniel Kalen uh, seems to be doing a really good job peer recruiting. And so, what I just think it'd be it might be fun and three, four, or five years looking back and thinking that losing the number one quarterback in the entire country could have been the best thing that ever happened to Matt Rule in Nebraska. We'll put it on the calendar to look back. Yeah. That's that's what I do. <laughs> I, that's going to be a long look back, but anyways, I, I think that that could definitely happen, but – We'll Mike uh, Mike Schuster checking in saying hello all uh, GBR. Uh, some good comments here. Uh, John Schmidt says, "Can he play tackle?" And follows up with, "This year." <laughs> uh, y- you know, I, I saw a comment. I think it was on Twitter. So again, you know, take it with a grain of salt. That says something like, "You know, hope hope you don't get the f-. first of all." When he announced that he was going to make the announcement, I think he gave it like 24-hour notice or something like that. He said, uh, uh, hey, stick around tomorrow noon, whatever, you know, however that unfolded. And in in the uh, replies, people were like, come to Nebraska, you know, I'm like, time out. He's made his decision. <laughs> like, you're not going to do any last-minute, you know, like campaigning at the polls to try to sway him. I we've said this for years. We've I've heard it on uh, the Big Red Cobcast and others. Just do yourselves a favor and don't tweet at recruits. 
I th- I think you should just not tweet ever. Just not well, tweet, John. Then who would you interact with when you're? In I the, don't. Not so. I don't anymore. I notice that when I go on Twitter, nobody interacts with me, which is why Nate's going to take over the Twitter account. Well, now hold on. <laughs> And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but in Twitter's defense, they never know exactly when you're the man behind the machine. I think I know. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not everyone else does, but I think I'm like, oh, that's John. Oh, there's the grenades. That's what you're thinking. Look at him. Look, he went after that guy today. Uh, Fred in a uh, very measured response says I see Nate M's opinion not getting Rayola may have broken a potential log jam well reasoned response uh, what the heck is he doing on here oh we bring on a rational human being what do you want from us Fred we can't yeah. all be insane I had to I had to make sure I was he was talking to us is where in the heck did we find this guy? Now Nate's been on here before. Nate was just on a couple weeks ago with me. So I think Nate, that, uh, go ahead, John. I think that he's got a broken, a potential log jam is a good point. It does seem that since that decision was made, uh, the coaches could really zero in, you know, it, I, I'm going to, I'm going to put it in, in, it, this is not a good analogy. This is not apples to apples. Might not even be apples to Buicks, but with the Dylan Rayola, like in a salary cap, you you know that Dylan Rayola emphasis was was so so steep that you know now it, since he's gone on to uh, other shores, you can really focus on on on. Look, I'm I'm pleased as punch with with the way that this 2024 recruiting class is shaping up. And with regards to the can he play tackle stuff, uh, didn't we see the uh, like yesterday or something that Bryce Benhart was preseason picked to be a third string All Big Ten tackle? Yeah, it was by one of those preseason magazines. I don't know if that was Athlon or which Phil one? Phil Steele. Phil Steele. Steel? Okay. Was it Phil Steele? Who has sure. three three t- Big Ten teams? That way, he can tell people I picked that guy on a Big Ten team. You know what? I can probably find out here in a minute. You know, but that the fact that it was it was Bryce Benhart being picked to an All Big Ten team, I think, is well. There's a lot of faith in that. I mean, Bryce Benhart when he came to Nebraska was a highly recruited guy, and he you know has been let down by coaches that didn't teach him a damn thing and. Four star out of Minnesota, correct? Yeah. Uh, Fred Fred says that, and, and we know this because Fred is here all, all the time. But Fred was here last time you were on Nate. It was the ninety percent less shake fist at the sky podcast, but it missed John's trending to madness like a serious mash episode without the laugh track. <laughs> oh, thank you. Trending Fred. to madness. You know what? You know what I did this week. You know what I've done so far this week? I've worn pants for two full days this week so far. Wow. Yeah. Did that hurt? It was it was difficult. You know what you need? A pants. You need some of that uh, manscaped ball deodorant. Right? <laughs> I guess so. I wouldn't have do you know what I need? Wouldn't have followed that up with That'd have been 435th on the list of things that I thought I might need. 
Would that be way down on your tick tick? Yeah, yeah, way, <laughs> it would be way down on the tick tick. Yes. Oh, uh, more comments about um, uh, you know, here's Fred again saying, "Happy about the Nelson kid saw a pick. Is it me or does he look kind of uh, slight and lean? Is he a Harryan type?" Uh, now you mentioned six five, two fifteen, two twenty. Um, I have no doubt that when he steps on campus and gets in to that weight room and that nutrition, he's gonna he's gonna add some size. Yeah, fifteen twenty pounds at a minimum. So I, think, I think you're expecting him to put on. He's even fifteen pounds. I'm thinking like forty. Like, is, is it two fifteen? Is that what he is? Yeah. I mean, 15, 230, that's still really small for like, unless you're, you're expecting he's going to be, he's just me purely like a split out tight end, you know? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, I think, was that? How big is, how big is Rob Gronkowski? Without looking, can I just take a guess? I'm yeah. going to guess 250, 260. 245. Two, okay. So, um, Right, and he's he's he looks like probably one of the bigger ones, right? Yeah, and so I just somebody that small. Wait, out. What? Pro Football Reference has Gronk at six six two sixty five. Probably depends what year. I don't know. Yeah, but I was close. I, mean, I was right, right? So yeah, you're, Nate, you're never wrong. Let's just put it. Here's the way. thing with Carter Nelson. I, he's ranked by you mentioned number three tight end. I've seen him ranked number two tight end. We still have the number one tight end in his class on our roster that has never seen the field during a football game and can still probably go out and we're looking at him. And, and no, wait, the, the one thing that you think about this June or this offseason is this recruiting bonanza and these camps and everything that's happened has honestly got us all talking about the 2024 class, and we have for, just forgotten all the people we actually have and the 2023 season coming up. So I don't know if they intended to draw the attention away from it, but they certainly have done a good job right. of just getting the attention. And, and I so, don't want to overlook that, but Nebraska does have a history. Now, maybe they're not going in the top round or top couple of rounds, but Nebraska does have a history of putting – uh, tight ends in the NFL, even most recently, Jack Stoll, Travis Vokalek. Uh, so even guys who are coming to Lincoln with maybe fewer stars behind, you know, their name or, or less accolades for whatever reason, tight end is, it's a position that shines at Nebraska. So, Johnny Mitchell. Yes. I mean, could you imagine a world that has Fedone and Nelson in a double tight end set? If they reach their potential, that would be fun. Yeah, I'd love to see it. I mean, if if all the players that Nebraska had in the last five years reached their potential, we would have, you know, won divisions, won conferences, and been in playoffs. But we also had uh, a coaching staff that didn't know how to develop talent. And I think that's what I'm going to be most interested to see with Matt Rule and company going forward at you know being here a full year and maybe two full off seasons is he's he's doing the work so far we won't see the development side really until the end of August into September and October the the you know winning the off season uh you know 
title or however you want to give that is very nice. And I do have a lot of faith in this coaching staff. Uh, but that was the Achilles heel to the last five years. The last regime is getting highly touted players, but they 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 had maximized their potential upon stepping foot in Lincoln. And I, I would – that's why I'm not as concerned. I think I saw today where Nebraska is number four, I think maybe number five in the Big Ten, like their 2024 recruiting class, uh, a couple of four stars, a lot of three stars. I'm happy with the three stars as long as they get coached up because we had some four stars that didn't. And so, again, they they didn't get any better. And that's tough on a player. And, and I could see why a player would want to transfer out when he's looking at, you know, like, oh, I've been in, you know, Lincoln or Iowa City or wherever it might be. I've been like, oh, I've been here three years and I haven't really improved it. I haven't gotten any better. I'm, a, you know, I'll take a step down just to get it, uh, a change of scenery. You know, I'll go to, you know, South Dakota State or, you know, wherever just to, just to see something new. I, I mean, I could get it. I, I, I get behind it. Do, do you know, I remember, it might have been Pelini, and our own, I wonder if it's before that, where we were getting a lot more, it was the time of the Big 12, that we were in the Big 12. And I remember, it might have been with Riley, because they said, oh, yeah, we're getting all these California kids, so they can develop them, because and this is relevant to today. Calabrasca? Yes, Calabrasca. And this is relevant because now we're p- pulling all these kids out of Texas, right? Like we did in the Big 12. And I remember people, because it's always after the fact, right? It's like they're so stupid and they should have known, right? But so they, they, I remember people saying is that high school football in Texas, and this can go two ways. It's so good that these kids are coming out more prepared to play college football. But they're also more developed, and they're and they're already they might already be towards the top or as good as they're going to get. And so that was the criticism back then, and now we're pulling kids from Texas again. And I, I don't I don't know if that's true or not, but um, they're saying now, yep, kids in Texas are playing against better players in Texas, and so they're they're more they know more about football and all that, and so. I think it, this is going to be just like, it, you know, if that rule fails, we're going to look back at probably one of the, you know, how they recruit because they're, I mean, the, the, the wide receiver, the Clark legacy that we just pulled this week, he, his scar, you know, his offer list was like Midland University, yeah. Montana, yeah. you know, and, and so right now we all love Matt Rule. But we're going to, you know, because we're giving him the benefit of the doubt, right? When in the future, that, you know, in two or three years, we might look back and be like, I can't believe – of course it failed. Because he was recruited – he was signing all these kids that nobody knew about because he found them at a camp. He thought he knew better than everybody else, right? And that's exactly what's going on. And he might know better than everyone. Or he just – or that he knows what he's looking for, right? And that's what we're saying now. But, man, if he fails, we're going to look back and we're going to say, what an idiot. How did he not realize, you know, that's just how it's going to work. And, but I would say I am impressed that – and I would like to ask Matt Rule this. Is, are you such a well-organized coach? 
you just know so much better that you knew you were going to get 16 commits in 22 days in June? I mean, are you just that good? You know, because it's just like, did they plan this, right? You know, is this was this the plan all along? You know, I don't know, but I just – I just think we might look back and be like, oh, of course it, of course it failed. You know, just like we have with every other coach. Of course it failed because of this, you know. And so it's – that's what I'm interested in. I, I, prefer to look, I prefer to look at the Texas thing as we are saving these kids' lives. That's what we are doing. I, don't, I go to Texas next week. Next On the 4th, I'm flying to Dallas, and then I'm going to Austin for the next weekend, and then I'm going to stay in Dallas a few days. You know what Texas is right now? Scorching hot. It's the hottest place on planet Earth, and we need to go to Texas to pull them kids out of Texas and get them away from that climate change weather and save their lives from that shit. For years, we've heard about the Big Ten, and nobody wants you to come play in the cold. Well, now they're just going to come play in normal temperatures. And the rest <laughs> of the nation, Texas is just going to be like 140-degree heat index. They'll all be dropping dead. So they can just move north now and get, get ahead of the curve. That's what this is. Well, while Nate was singing his praises a, a few moments ago, here's what he has to say to Nate now. He says, uh, Rule knew he was going to get these guys before – even he knew it and quit yeah. blaspheming Nate blasphemer. Uh, Dion Pryor, uh, who's a pretty, uh, regular Chatterfield head, uh, says in regards to, uh, you ever see rules last Baylor team? Those guys were good. Um, and then Dion also says that, uh, uh, our, our current tight end, uh, maybe our last remaining tight end that has big game experience, uh, Borkature, uh, could get drafted as well. Now, what I'll say uh, is this in regards to, um, you know, kids coming in and and already, you know, maxing out their, I don't want to say their potential, but, you know, yeah, they're they're coming. Look, it's it's a much different approach, I think, now to to college football than it was 10 or 20 years ago where, you know, because of offseason camp and, and look. I never played division one college football. I want to be very clear about that. And I'm sure that there were guys who were committed and they made it their whole lives. And it was around the clock lifting weights and eating creatine um, or you know, whatever. But with the advent of the internet, you know, guys are, you know, they're, they're finding different trainers. They're, you know, I, we saw we we touched on at the very end of last year. I mean, not not last year, last week when we said that uh, you know, oh yeah, by the way, Dylan Real is transferring to Georgia because obviously, like guys are, it's like almost like they're trying to start their college careers early by getting into that that atmosphere, getting into that climate, or you know whatever else, uh, getting close to where they're going to call home in a lot of cases. So, um, I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about. Uh, and I don't know exactly where I was taking that thought, so I apologize. <laughs> He's getting out of Arizona. Yeah. Well, Georgia's got to be at least a little cooler. You know, I, and this is probably because just because I've never had to deal with somebody like Bill Rayola, but I just wonder what was the relationship with his teammates in Arizona that he was like, you know what? I already got, I'm already going to Georgia. 
what else do I have to prove? Maybe I can enjoy my time with my friends. Maybe, you know, I, that's always been a thought in my head. When you see these kids transfer in high school, going from high school to high school, like, I wonder what their teammates think of them. Well, you know, I, I, I want to I want to address one part because he went to if I correct me if I'm wrong five four or five high schools in his four years of high school right um, well, so when you're bouncing around that much I mean that's that's uh, packing up and moving with greater frequency than you know somebody in the military right you don't even have any time to really stop and develop any relationships so he's I I there's always the pro uh, the approach of um, and, and maybe this is the real approach but he's just like you know, a gun for hire type of thing, you know, I mean, that's well, kind of how I see it. Yeah. He is kind of chasing a scholarship in a way, even though he was number one player in the country, uh, number one quarterback in the country. So maybe there's some justification there. I just don't, I just don't know what the benefit is besides I don't acclimating to the state. Humidity. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I'm sure he has, they have their reasons. Yeah, I- there's probably the reason is is that Georgia High School that he transferred to is probably running the same offense that Georgia is. Oh, and if that's true, then that's a really good reason, right? I mean, right. Yeah. I want to, uh, John, since you're going to be in Texas, when are you in Texas again? From like the 4th through the 11th. Oh, I'm going to have to hunt you down. Um, but Dion says that heat is hell uh, on the old guys with heart problems. Uh, and And – well, that's great. I'm, I'm, that's a great comment. And, and, you know, it's unfortunate that, that, um, you know, Texas is so damn hot, but Fred has a really good idea that Nebraska fans or maybe Nebraska coaches could get bumper stickers. Kind of like, you know, you see the, the, uh, uh, rescue dog mom, like bumper stickers. It'd be like, we've rescued all these Texas football players and got them out of that sweltering heat it could be but don't be shaking your head like that it could be a movement it could be a movement john can you get some of those uh printed up yeah get it get those on the on the site on the, we'll by the way the- that sounds like a good t-shirt <laughs> by the way i don't yep. know if you knew this uh out we there have- it, but we have merch yeah uh I forget and- to put those up that's okay. That's what I'm here for. Uh, you can get a shirt. You can get uh, pajamas. You can get bandana. You can get some yoga pants, I think. Uh, Cobbycorn.com. Use the code Monday night 623 for 15% off. Yes, Monday night. We record and do the show live on Thursdays, but John says one code is enough. No, I said tonight I should make another one. <laughs> okay. Oh, oh, here we I, go. Here we go. In, in regards we, to some of those uh, bumper stickers, uh, Fred says, this four-star rescued me. I didn't rescue him. <laughs> Thank you, Fred, for bringing, uh, bringing the laughs. Um, all right, so, let me kill this. Go ahead. So John. we lost we, – no, you can leave it running. Okay, uh, fine. We lost sent, uh, Caleb Pyfrom. Pyfrom, yeah, Pyfrom. Went to Illinois. Which we, I guess we, people expected the whole time. Okay, we lost another guy today too. Uh, no, he's from Kansas. Yeah. Went to Kansas State. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Did we expect him to come to Nebraska and be an offensive lineman? Uh, no, I think we're hoping for, uh, Vix, the guy from Iowa. Yeah. Well, we want that guy. And maybe, uh, maybe it was either or those two. I'm not sure. 
Caleb uh, Pyfram, a three-star offensive tackle from Omaha Central, uh, 6'5", 300-pounder, going to Illinois. You know, and I think I talked about this last time, I expect us to lose to Illinois. You know, that's one of my, you know, uh, I think we did talk about this, though. It was like – Is that your trap game? No, I just expect – I think he's a really good coach, and I think he's just – he knows what he's doing, and I want him to get out of Illinois as fast as possible so they can go back to sucking. And then, you know, because just the way he play, you know, his teams play, I mean, part of it's his time at Wisconsin, you know, and now he, he's just – his teams just beat the crap out of people. And so – but – so, anyways. Yeah, I hate Bert. He can coach football. Just like, just like John's guy here in uh, Minnesota, PJ uh, Fleck, yeah, PJ Fleck and coach. So he can he can bring up the three stars. And that's what that's what Nebraska needs. Coach them up, get them ready for Saturday, or I guess in Nebraska's case, like a Friday night, maybe a Thursday. I mean, Lord only knows. Can so Nate, oh, Nate, earlier this week in Slack, you posted some kind of graph thing that showed Nebraska number four in the big 10 in their rankings, in their recruiting. Yeah. yeah. Could you, t- you tell us about that? T- oh, tell us okay. about it. Tell us. Uh, do I have to give you the numbers or do I? No, well, just, you, I'll find you the numbers. If you want. Okay. I think I, know, I think I know what point you want me to make is that at that time, uh, Nebraska was ranked fourth in the conference for the recruiting class, right? And the top is Ohio State, I believe. Yeah. And then Michigan. And then Penn State. And the numbers, well, how, however they come to the numbers, I'm not sure. But Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State were, were pretty close. I'm going to say, like, Ohio State was 220. Again, I'm making these up in my head. Michigan was maybe 210 or, two, like, 200. Penn State was like 195 or something like that. And so we're fourth, right? That sounds amazing. But we are like way down here, you know, like yeah. 150 yeah. or something like that, you know. And so, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, we got the fourth ranked, you know, class in the conference. But there's those three and then there's everybody else. And Patrick Gerhardt, our basketball writer, mentioned today that I think 24-7 – put in USC into our conference rankings, which they should, right? So we are now fifth. So, um, and so USC is going to, he's, they're going to be probably right up there with the Penn States and all that. So it's, you know, it's going to be tough sledding. You just, you just, you, you just got to win this year. Wipe the stink off. Wipe, wipe it off. Wipe the stink off us. And people will be going, we need to escape Texas and get to Nebraska to live. All the you, good football players. You know what's going to help with that? And this is my question to you guys. So with this new Red Fly Omaha – or sorry, I see it living in Omaha, sorry. Red Fly, whatever the new – it's not airline in Lincoln, but their new, like, direct flights. Said, they yeah. got direct flights with uh, Dallas, Houston, and uh, – uh, what's the third one? In Texas. Mm-hmm. I thought I read today there's three. But my question is this. What do you guys think? Do you think part of – because Matt Rule was there when they announced it. Like, he was at the press conference. 
do you think it was one of his, I don't know, requirements to come to Nebraska that he wants direct flights from Texas to Lincoln? Or do you think that was like a, oh, I'm hired now. You know what would be a really good idea? We should do this. Or do you think he's like told Trev Alberts, no, in order for you to get me, I need direct flights to Texas. Wow, I never considered that. Do they I, do they have that much money they could command an Air Force? I don't know. That's what I mean, like, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it seems kind of like a coincidence that the guy that spent so much time in Texas, all of a sudden he shows up. Now we have like three direct flights, right? Because that's what direct, the, direct flight to Minneapolis, too. Yeah, well, that's what the, the kid that committed – today the defensive tackle um he mentioned those flights and he said that a lot of these texas coaches college coaches are he said scared or whatever that all these texas kids are fleeing texas just like what john says and so i i just kind of wondered i'm it's like i wonder if this is part of you know matt rule knowing better than everybody and all that you know but yeah if you get direct flights in Nebraska out of Texas, that makes that getting here – because that's been, yeah. the, been the whole problem, right, is the, is the travel uh, as far as, like, official business on game days and all that. And you just fly them right into that small airport in Lincoln and drive them, what, five, ten minutes to the Memorial Stadium? I mean – Mom can come see all the games she wants for 25 bucks a hit. I don't know how, absolutely. Much, how much is it to get on one of those flights. It's ridiculous. No idea. Cheap. It was like a hundred bucks or something. It was like, how can you afford to do this? What kind of planes are these? Are these the same kind of planes that would go 6,000 feet underwater? No, let's not go there. (laughs) That's not our style, John. Okay. Red bird, red bird. That's what it is, right? Red bird airlines. Well, to the, uh, it, it it should be uh, big red airlines is what it should be called. Um, but to the point, uh, Nebraska did pick another commitment, uh, today. And that was, uh, Carlin Jones, uh, again, from Texas. Austin, Dallas, and Houston. (laughs) Oh, those are good choices. I mean, uh, yeah, go fly red. Sorry. Go ahead. Is it? I don't mean to take glow. That's what I'm reading. Red way. Red well, way. I'm, just read- I'm reading this from Mike Schaefer's article. That's all. Okay, I'm done. Sorry. Greg, you're okay. muted. Okay. I'm back. Okay. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, if, did he know better? I, I think that it's very interesting though, that you make that point that this really just came up after Matt rule became coach. Hmm. You think Scott Frost is like, come on guys. Like where was that? You know? Well, I think he wanted direct flights to other places. That's pretty true. Can you get direct flights to strip clubs? I feel like most strip clubs are already by the airport. No comment. (laughs) All right. Uh, Did you know the to... answer to that question? <laughs> no, that's not why it's no comment. No. <laughs> I'm not making any assumptions about Scott Frost, I guess. 
back, backing up a, a couple minutes here to uh, one of your, uh, I don't want to call it a tirade, uh, Nate, but something you were going on. Anyway, it elicited this response from Fred, who says, geez, Nate, why don't you grow a very, very <laughs> small mustache? Is that like Hitler? Is that what I that- see? See, I heard, I thought of it more like a snidely whiplash, a very thin mustache. Oh, that's how I if I if I would have interpreted it the way you interpret, I would not have. It could have been, you know, a, a Boston blacky kind. Kind of Jimmy Buffett. I wish I had a pencil thin mustache, the Boston blacky kind. Two tone Ricky Ricardo jacket and an autograph picture of Andy Levine. Okay, thanks. We'll move on. I like it. The looks on your faces. I thought Nat was going to die. Nat. Nate. (laughs) Nat was going to die, too. Okay. Uh, Fred also says, we got talking about Illinois, and, of course, Bert. uh, Fred says, my favorite Brett Bielema moment was when he jumped over that wall to freedom into the ocean. That's a free will. Oh, man. Thank you, Fred. (laughs) Nate, you got to get – you know what? If you're going to be – on this show regularly, Nate, you're going to have to stoop to our level. <laughs> we are not a, we are not a high road show. <laughs> um, we are, we are sometimes, sometimes we are. Sometimes. Okay, go ahead. Um, all right. So this was in regarding to, or in regards to the question or the photo that I just had up there a few moments ago, Fred says, why are all the new recruits carrying boom boxes? Is this break into electric Husker boogaloo all over again? I don't know. I'm sure. I, w- I wonder if it's an inside joke among the class, right? Or no. among there the program. Some, there, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. I don't remember what it is because I'm old and I, we used to have boom boxes and I thought they were gone. I had boom boxes. So, you're, I mean, and I'm young. So, <laughs> I don't know about the young part. You're young um, too, Greg. No. I'm gonna be 41 <laughs> next week, Nate. Yeah, you're, you're older like than me, but you're still young. Yeah. Oh my god, um, like that's old, you candy ass. Speaking of like, John, you'll appreciate this. This might be your favorite comment of the whole night. What's that? Zizak or Zizak right. says, "Smash the like button, Carter. Staying home." That's and you we, know it is nice. It is. It, it's nice to beat George out for a really high relayed you know recruit right up there, right up there. What? What you That's doing? not the part I was uh, you smash like but make sure when you're watching this on YouTube you give us the thumbs up uh if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to the show and uh, do what so many uh great people are doing right now which is join the be part of the conversation in the comments section. Uh we probably won't read it after the show's over but if you join us in the show we'll definitely read it. Right John? Yeah, sometimes I sometimes I remember things people say to me. That's crazy because you don't remember much anymore. I don't. You know, uh, Sam, uh, Sam McEwen, as far as Carter Nelson goes, made a comment on the podcast that I listened to today that this was pro- probably a bigger deal that we got him than, than we know. Because if, if Georgia comes in and gets some small town kid from Nebraska that – all these SEC schools are going to think Nebraska, this whole state is open for business. We're mainly a lot of these outside schools are going after just Omaha kids. And so I thought that was a really good point that 
Yeah, you get – you know, he's not some kid from, you know, an OPS school or Millard North or something like that. It's small town Nebraska, and they come in and grab him. So it might have been a bigger deal than we know. And that's that. That's one of those things we got to put down on a on a phone. See that for five years from now, they'll look back. Oh yes. And and also, this is not like Nebraska kids who grew up in the Tom Osborne era who were coming into a program that was a perennial contender. Uh, Carter Nelson, God love him, has really never seen a wildly successful. Nebraska football program. There's not that. Oh, I want to you know be into that you know national contention talk all four years. It could happen. I mean, twelve and no, fifteen and no. I think we've we've established it's likely to happen this year. But he's probably along the mentality of he, Danny. You know, some of these uh, recruits from from um, Bellevue. WS. Yeah, I got there. Took me a minute. They're probably thinking that they're going to be the home, home state, hometown, homegrown kids who are turning it around. And that's give me that. You know, give me give me a bunch of kids who are going to come in with a little bit of swagger, and and want to turn Nebraska around. I'll take as many of those as as you know. I'll take the the four and five star recruits who are coming in who don't have the connection. Give me the guys who who you know whose dads or whose uncles or whose older brothers, you know, they've just they've all they've done their whole lives is heard stories about how good Nebraska was. Be like, you know what, I I, I got a lot a little bit of a God given ability and uh uh let's see if I can't make dad or Uncle Steve or my older brother proud, you know, grandpa, things like that. That's you know, I, th- I, th- I think that's something. Is is Damon Benning's kid any good? <laughs> I have no idea. I think he's a defensive back. I mean, he's getting interest from Iowa, and as much as I hate Iowa, if they want a kid from here, I feel better about getting that kid, right? So Especially on defense. Job. Yes. And so – Yeah, okay. That, uh, that makes sense. I would suspect he's probably pretty good. Okay. Uh, the seventh-ranked kid in the state, you know, I, I, I feel like that if you were to go back ten years, you know, maybe it's because we were better, a better program. But it's like it's the same thing with basketball. Is that we have schools coming in to recruiting kids out of the state of Nebraska and, in all sports generally, but basketball and football that I don't think you would saw 10 years ago, you know, like Gonzaga's coming in and getting a kid, you know, and, you know, Georgia's trying to come in and get a kid. And it's like, I don't think you would have saw that. And so I, part, I think the talent level's going up, the coaching's getting better, development in the state's getting better. Cause you might get like one or two. We got seven, eight kids now that are power five players. Right. Who was – I'm going to test both your memories, so, John, I apologize in advance. Uh, If Haas were here, he'd know exactly who I'm talking about. But there was a kid from Lincoln who was maybe like an offensive line or maybe defensive line, something like that, who went to Wisconsin a few years ago. Like Williams, does that sound – I don't know if that – but 
I mean, I checked. I was looking. I didn't even see him on their roster anymore. You know, uh, but I mean, I I see. I think that the tide has turned, and and we're we're not going to be losing the top in state talent anymore. Well, we'll see what happens with the winning, winning, winning. Oh, uh, let's. I, Fred just said this: home state kids who've never seen their team be great. How would this look at Bama, Georgia, etc.? In-state top players they gathered over time. Is this just unique to Nebraska? The former power loyalty. Well, you know, right now we're at after that Bix kid out of Iowa. Yeah, and Iowa's not in on him at all. Uh, supposedly, like I think they probably would like to be. But he, they're not even a consideration. And, you know, and he's the top player in the state. And they're winning 10 – they're expected to win 10 games next year. Right. right? I think the over-under is like nine, I think. And so, I mean, it's just – maybe it's just this generation of kids aren't as, you know – Loyal? Yeah, as loyal, which is fine, which is just fine, you know. Well, the, the- – uh, Think about the eight, 17, 18-year-old today versus the 17 or 18-year-old. Maybe that's the point I was trying to make earlier and, and, and failed to, but the 17 or 18-year-old 20 years ago, 20 years ago, the internet was still relatively new. Go back 25 years ago, I mean, it, it almost didn't exist, really. So, But now, because of social media, the world is a lot smaller, so they can connect with kids from all over the place, other top recruits, and be like, where are you going? Where are you going? You like Alabama? You like Georgia? I'm staying here. I'm going to Nebraska. Oh, you know, so there, there is a world where they're almost being, I think, maybe not so much loyal to uh, the in-state, you know, program du jour, but maybe they're they're latching on to some of these kids that they see at camps, and and uh, you know, elite, uh, you know, weekends or whatnot, and and they're forming these bonds, uh, and and you know, finding their future and finding their path that way. I, that might be part of it. Or it could be that he's, uh, it could be that he lives really close to a, a pig feedlot. And you know how pig shit smells a hell of a lot worse in the summer sun than it does in winter. And he wants to get the hell out of Iowa and away from all that toxic waste they're generating over there. Uh, Fred, in, reg- in regards to the bricks kid, uh, Fred says I was not in on him because he doesn't use dial-up internet. <sighs> Little jab it. Okay, sorry, Fred. I enjoyed it. I I liked it enough to highlight it, but these guys didn't uh, care for that one. Um, I- let's see. Here we you go. Know, oh, go ahead, Nate. I so back to the Matt rule is a genius and knows more than everybody, right, type of thing. So a thought I had, <laughs> and, and, and someone who knows his time in Baylor would, would could probably answer this question, but he's going after all these kids who are track athletes, who are under-recruited, who are underdeveloped, and, they, and they're saying we have, uh, we're, we have the coaches who can develop these kids, and – that probably the, the the fact that he believes in them builds loyalty and all that. I believe those kids, you know, particularly if there are legacy recruit who had an offer from Montana, 
Montana State, he's probably not going to transfer next year, right? He He's probably not – with this transfer portal issue, he's probably not going to, like, just jump up and leave if, he's, if things aren't going well, right? Because he has nowhere to go, you know? So – and I almost wonder if that's him playing chess, you know, or trying to find some way, you know, because you still want those four stars and all that, but and if you get these kids that meet these criteria that you have, they're probably not going to go anywhere, right? And while you develop them for three or four years, and so that's just—I hope that's it. Again, if he if we suck, then we're going to look back and be like, "What an idiot," right? But until then, that's just a a thought that I had too. We're not going to suck. We're not. <laughs> Quinn Clark, the top uh, player in the state of Montana. Now, look, I've seen a river runs through it. So I know that Montana is beautiful. I don't know the, the type. Well, hey, who would um, – was it Torre? Samari Torre that came from Montana? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yes, Samari Torre. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's some talent up there. Everybody, let's just, uh, you know – I like how you – all right. So um, got some more questions here. Uh, Fred said earlier in the show, if Rule isn't just playing a fast-talking son of a preacher, man, they'll keep and develop talent. If he's all sizzle, no steak, then to hell with him. John gets John get the pitchfork ready. That was a much earlier comment. I think we've moved off of that, but I did have it highlighted, so apparently I thought something was there earlier. Uh Dion Pryor says, I'd like to know how much this recruiting class cost with the NIL. Hopefully get our money's worth. Significantly less than one Dylan Raiola, probably. Nate? Uh, That question for me. You know what I'm looking for? What are you looking for? How much uh, Fedoni weighed when he was recruited compared to how much he weighs now. Well, you could probably it's look a, at the 247 profile. I think well, that's what I'm looking for. Just, it's being kind of just, an issue. It's having, ooh. it's throwing a uh, tantrum. So but, we don't like sorry. tantrums. Oh, how much did Rayola compared to NIL? No idea. Nate, can sorry. I ask a question? This one's is just for you. Is it about this, my curtains? No, this one's just for you. We, we know about your shower curtains. Uh, in the Slack chat room, and maybe on Twitter, I don't know. You, you tweet a lot of ridiculous things on Twitter, so I don't know what's like serious and what's not. But in the Slack chat room, you, you tend to uh, make cross-sport references. Uh, for example, yesterday, after Carter Nelson made his announcement, you said uh, Hoiberg has convinced Carter Nelson to commit to Nebraska. and then i know i know uh uh our favorite uh jill or not not i'm sorry uh jill was in the thread but john said thank god we kept hoiberg yeah that's not the first time you've made a a fred hoiberg cross sport uh (laughs) recruiting trail reference and i'm just gotta ask for my own to satisfy my own personal curiosity why why (laughs) Um, 
because this is for people who want to know how what it looks like in our Slack chat room is whenever we get a commit, generally we send out a, uh, a DM to everybody and it just says commit. Mm-hmm. I'm like that's boring, so I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna throw something else out. Like the first time I did it, I said, uh, "Oh, that Hoiberg was fired, right?" Is that what the, I did that a long, long time ago, like after the basketball yes, season. Did. Yes. And yes. then like all these people yeah. show up. Right. And, uh, and so like, ah, that, that was probably a little too far, but yeah. <laughs> and but I thought it was funny at the time. So, <laughs> uh, so he no, keeps going, he keeps running a bad gag. Yeah, that's yeah. Oh yeah, I know. And so what you, and so what you do is you keep running it and then it gets, people get tired of it and then you keep going and then it becomes funny again. And so, oh, that's so the one I did today is I went and found a quote from Abraham Lincoln, and the quote was, "I am a slow walker, but I never walk back." And it's signed by Abraham Hoiberg Lincoln. And so, I thought, because I thought I'm not just going to put commit. I think it's dumb. So, and it seems like uh, no one's complained about it yet, but I think they understand. Oh, that's Nate, and it's. That's Nate. Nate, who says crazy things on Twitter, like you know, pro Chicago Cubs tweets. It's just never, never know when to take him serious. Uh, Brando's Sports World is here. Brando, good seeing you. I know you're probably confused as to why we started at eight o'clock instead of nine. Uh, that's just because we could, I suppose, tonight. Uh, Dion says that if we suck, then we know we took kids that we used to take as walk-ons. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> Nate likes that one. John giggles and and I think let's uh, let's pump the brakes on on calling uh, calling the third ranked uh, tight end maybe second ranked tight end in the country. I walk on. Fred says all the jerky, all the cottons can eat. That's what it's worth when we're talking about the NIL, which means I have to go back and remind you, pipeline jerky, go get it and directly support. You're Nebraska offensive lineman. Isn't that how that works, John? Yes, it is. It is. Yes, it is. They get nil. They get nil mini money from Pipeline Jerky. You know that that plug reminds me that tomorrow there would be a story on Coronation uh, that there will be uh, Nebraska themed uh, coveralls coming out, out next week because that's what you need. That, John, yeah. can you give me some? Yeah, sure. If you get me some, I'll wear them in Texas. Why will you be in Texas? I'll be in there for a work conference for about two days in Dallas. In the sweltering heat. In a suit. They'll go, well, I'm sure that people will accept you at a business conference in Dallas and Nebraska of coveralls, overalls. Which is it, coveralls or overalls? I don't know, coveralls. Oh, Um, all right, so is it Crick or Creek? I say Creek, crick. but I'm not. You know, well, there you I go. think a Creek is it's bigger than a Crick. Crick. No, it's Crick. Uh, I grew up near Medicine Valley Crick. It wasn't Medicine Valley Creek. That's how we knew how the outsiders were, and we took care of them thusly. We have Battle Creek as one of the towns in Nebraska. So, well, that's I'm pretty good. sure you, you have Battle know, Creek. I'm, you know, right, that's Battle Creek. See, that's um, again, if you pronounce it like that, you know 
that you know, okay. kind of like Carney and Kearney, or Beatrice and Beatrice. Yeah, I got that one. Beatrice, you know, you're not from here, so. Can right. I can I tell North a, a Platte, quick North Platte and North Platte? So I've never I never called North Platte, uh, but when I was brand new in terrestrial radio, I was 21 years old. I was up in Shadron, and it was my job after the five o'clock news. It was like news, then we did weather, and then we did a little sports, and then we had to read the obituary report. We read the obituary report four times a day, uh, but one time I was reading them, and you know this person had family or whatever it was from Beatrice. Well, I'm from Southern Illinois, and I've only seen or heard that name pronounced one way. So I said, so so from Beatrice, Nebraska, and boy, the phone lines lit up. Like, then you're like, we can tell this guy's not from around here. My boss pulled me aside after he's like, I just want you to know. There's no way for you to have known this, but it's Beatrice. So. Yeah. Wow. Good thing they didn't tell you ahead of time. Even though um, they knew, uh, John. Uh, as far as our corn uh, copycorn.com, Fred wants to know uh, when are the Coronation footy pajamas and margarita flavored pacifier coming out? Well, uh, we'll look at footy pajamas. I'm actually working on some more graphic designs this weekend, and uh, the margar- margarita flavored pacifier just doesn't hold its taste long enough for us. You would know. We're still working on the design there. Um, I like, uh, this is what's great about our community, uh, the Chatterfields here, because living in Omaha, David Matney asked the question, who on earth thought Bob Diaco was worth 800,000 a year? And Fred says a soulless ginger AD who hid in his office for a few years. That's who, <laughs> you know what? We all thought he was a great hire when it happened. I'm just saying, I'm just letting you know, I, did. I just, I just recall saying, why did we hire the guy who failed it? UConn. Well, I mean, our current offensive coordinator, he didn't fail at South Carolina, but they weren't exactly fans of him. So You shut your damn dirty mouth. I'm just saying. All right. Now, uh, you know what? You know what? In, in response to that, I would say this. Who likes their offensive coordinator? Um, Probably uh, USC. Yeah, guys that are teams that are in the top five. Teams are in the top five, and even then, right? Even then, they they are far far, from you know. They still Iowa loves their Iowa loves their offensive coordinator. (laughs) They do. They love their offensive coordinator. That is true. All right, let's keep uh, rock through some of these comments here. Brando Sports World says, uh, "How can Daniel Kalen win the most accurate QB award at the Elite Eleven, but still only be ranked number fifteen of the top quarterbacks in the nation?" Politics. Oh, I, I okay. Uh, uh, the uh, most accurate part is just part of their evaluation. Uh, it's just one part. They have like a competition. And I think he was like 16 to 20 on the throws or something like that. But they're there all weekend or whatever. So, um, but he just jumped up today to be the 15th ranked quarterback in the country. Before that, I think he was 30 something or 40 something maybe or. Maybe worse than that. I can't remember. You could probably look at our commit article if someone threw it in there. But uh, I always find this stuff interesting that that's why it's like you can almost give Matt Rule the benefit of the doubt because these recruiting services, while they generally have a decent idea, 
and like someone made the point, I forgot who it was, but you have like your top like 15, 20 players and they're pretty close. And then it's like the 21st through like the 150th player are pretty close, you know? And so, you know, it, and so it's like all of a sudden, you know, he, he goes to Elite 11, does better than they move him up and, or how he had zero, almost zero contact until we offered him. And then I think, uh, Texas A&M contacted Missouri, 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 Missouri. Well, yeah. he was recruit. He was committed to Missouri. Right. But then we, we offered him and then he got a bunch of like calls from like big power five schools right away. So it's like, what does the rankings really mean? Right. Uh, the, do I think it's politics? I, I, I don't think so, but I, it's politics in those terms. That if you come to our camps and we get a oh yes up, okay yes those yes. those those guys get ranked you know if you don't yes. if you're a kid that doesn't have the money to get to a camp and doesn't have any support from anybody and you're still an incredible athlete like that kid out of Texas that's six five and runs a forty seven forty nine meter whatever the hell it was right you don't get yes. ranked at all until somebody notices you. Yes, if you so, call that politics, yes, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah that that's politics. Like it's the politics of uh, high school sports, you know. Okay. David Matney uh, says, "Too bad Coronation did not do live stream during last year's Northwestern game. Would have loved to see John's reaction to the onside kick in real time." Let me. I, I just want to say this: watching a game with John is an experience. <laughs> I got to witness it firsthand last year. Um, I'm trying to remember now what game it was. All I know is that it was a loss. What? Really? I'm pretty sure. Didn't didn't yeah. they lose that game? Yeah. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, um, you could guess, you know, you'd be right most of the time. And it, it, it was very intense. The food was great. You know, ter- <laughs> tremendous chef, uh, a couple of chefs in the house there. Uh, but it was intense. And then I'll tell you what, uh, the lift uh, back to the hotel by the airport was not cheap. Um, and all that to say that I almost missed my flight the next morning. It was it was a wild weekend uh, in the Twin Cities. But, uh, yeah, I think everybody's reaction to the onside kick last year against Northwest was kind of the same. Like, what the hell are you thinking? Who are you and why did we let you be a head coach in Nebraska? I don't think that's what I said. I cleaned it up. I think my words were, are you the dumbest fuck alive in this entire universe? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> you, you know, I when that happened, I was just like, oh, he went for it. Like, like uh, he went for the, you know, the knife in the chest right yeah like like it seemed, it seemed unnecessary and i thought okay it'll be all right and then all of a sudden you, you could just see you know, sometimes you're watching a game and you can just like feel it turn as you're watching it and you're like oh this isn't good this isn't because we're still up 11 right but you can see it like change everything right and and he obviously was not comfortable in his job because he's like, Oh, I have to win this game. So I'm going for it now, you know? And, and, and on that same topic, I heard that 
Steve Sipple said that when he was informed by the admin or whoever that he was fired, he thanked them. He's like, thank you. Like he was yeah, like, I heard that too. Yes. Like, thank you. I, so, I mean, he probably, yeah, I'm not going to go all the way there, but I think that it was probably best for both parties. You know, he's probably much happier now. I would suspect. Um, I, hope. I, I double checked the old uh, football schedule. Uh, that was the homecoming game, October first against Indiana, that we won thirty-five twenty-one. So it was still intense. Uh, and I remember we did did the live post-game reaction following that. But uh, yeah, watching you know, watching a game with John is an experience that you know what, uh, David Manny's not wrong. There should be a special channel membership. <laughs> like maybe you, I'll consider that you just watch John watch the game. <laughs> <laughs> Not- I can tell you this. I can tell you this without really. This isn't an exaggeration. My kids watch me grow up. They grew up watching me watch Husker football and how bad we've been over the years. My kids are terrified of almost nothing in this world. Not an exaggeration. Yeah. You know, I met two of your kids. They're insane. My, my, my son probably has only seen me once get like really emotional, not, not emotional, like crying, but like emotional, like pumped up during a Nebraska game because we're usually losing already. Right. And all that. There's the Iowa game last year and we were at my cousin's house for Thanksgiving and him and I were like fist bumping and like, I'm like, finally we're, you know, we, we got over the hump type of deal. And so that was, that was pretty fun. Let's uh, head back to the, Pinned comments here. Brando Sports Rule says, do you think we will definitely add two more teams to the Big Ten? I can't imagine we stop with USC and UCLA. We have to have two more out of the Pac-12, right? No. Okay. I mean, that's fine. I don't, why? Why? Why do we have to? I mean, look, we're not the Big Ten anymore. We're the big, we're soon to be 16, so. Yeah, 10, uh, is, 10 is a name. It's a name, just like a brand I'm, name. It's not a number. I'm well aware how the system works, John. Okay. I was telling you why. Why not make it the you know twenty teams in the Big Ten? I just well, I, I don't I don't. Go ahead, Nate. Sorry. Okay. Uh, I when people have thrown out like Miami and Florida State, I just like doesn't make sense to me culturally. I guess Miami is an AAU school, whatever that's called, and whatever. Uh, the academic part of it, uh, Oregon doesn't fit either. But then does Rutgers, does Maryland, you know, does UCLA or USC? They don't fit either. Yeah, and so it's it's just going to be two big conferences at some point, and then they're going to get away from everybody else, and then they'll have a salary cap. You you'll you'll it'll be like the NFL. I mean, you'll have the the. Big Ten ostensibly in the SEC because those are going to be the ones that the two big ones. And then you'll have the divisions inside it, and then you'll have expanded playoffs. And before you know it, there will be a longer college season than there is an NFL season. And we wonder why you know everybody's knees are shredded by the time they're twenty-seven. I just I don't think they're going to add any more schools because the, there's the uh, come on economics, the law diminishing benefits is that's what it's called, right? Nate, you're you, can add the, you can add the state of Florida to 
to a TV contract. I mean, but that wasn't the question. It was a pack. Oh, sorry. We're going to add two more. Qu- I don't. I don't think we'd add Florida. And by the way, I think US, USC and UCLA do fit into the back pack or the Big Ten. And the reason why they fit into the Big Ten is the Big Ten has played those schools so often in the Rose Bowl. It still kind of fits in the whole history of the Big Ten for, you know, for old grunchy people like me. Matt Snovak uh, here says they'll end up taking Oregon and Washington next to allow for natural rivalries and limit travel demands on West Coast teams. That, you know, kind of makes sense because, again, you're going to be talking about some years where UCLA and USC have to play Penn State or Maryland or Rutgers, Ohio State. I mean, it's just it's it's going to be tough. Uh, and then Matt also says uh, we'll also see Virginia and North Carolina joining soon. Now, that's a new one to me. See, I, had- I, 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 I'm sure there's a lot of good reasons for it. I just basketball wise, that'd be really good. For, you know, for yeah. both. Uh, and. Big Ten's a good basketball conference. Lacrosse, probably. Sure. Um, I don't know anything about that, but yeah. Uh, I but think Virginia. I think both those teams have men's lacrosse teams. So, I mean, we 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 have a conference. You know, we have the Big Ten hockey stuff going on, and Nebraska yeah. certainly doesn't have a hockey team. So you'd also see in, in increased viewership in lacrosse. Well, uh, as far as Oregon and Washington goes, uh, they'd probably be too really – I mean, you had Seattle, right? You know? Um, anyways, I just think – so I assume those four West Coast schools are playing each other, and then all of a sudden they're, like, hanging out, right? And they're playing each other, and then they, oh, let's go this way. Or I guess, from my point of view, this way. Right. And – go play a bunch of other big 10 schools. I just, it just seems weird to me because I think if you add those two, they'd be their own thing off on the West coast. But, but they, they just well, Gabriel they here just, with an interesting thought. I don't mean to cut you off. John, he says could see more neutral field situations versus adding teams for travel cost reduction. Why would Michigan give up a home game where they get like a hundred thousand people in their stands? That it's just, if, not for football. Well, they're already talking about essentially nixing the uh, Power Five non-conference team or game because they think if the SEC doesn't back off, then they're just going to nix you know our Tennessee game and our uh, Oklahoma game, and so I don't know. I, I just I don't see this expansion going any further than it is now until there's proof to the TV networks that they're going to be able to get more money out of it. They just, you know, you can only you have a pie this big, this bit this big, and then if you want it to go this big, I don't think you can just add teams on the West Coast and say, pay us more money from like ABC, Fox, whoever. You have James. to. I think you have to show it. James Marshall says that Colorado and West Virginia fit better into the Big Ten than any West Coast school and adds conferences are a regional thing. Anything west of the Rockies is ridiculous to add to the Big Ten. And I think that the the middle portion of is what resonates the most with me because conferences were always regional, be it the SEC or the Big Ten before, before it expanded, uh, the Big Eight, uh, the Pac-10, 
everything it, it was all it was all your neighbors you know it was all the people you love to hate um and and you you saw them all the time and you beat up on them all the time you know hopefully which will there's another comment here that will highlight uh, i believe from uh uh make sure I get, well we'll, we'll t- cross that bridge away. but the, what i miss and and what it was adding to the rising cost is is all of these conferences that are no longer make sense geographically. But, but we have airplanes now. I understand that, but it, and I, I th- we've talked about this on, on the show before, but you've got a pac 12 team that's used to playing at the earliest at like three o'clock, maybe two o'clock, I guess, you know? Um, and now uh, you know, so that we always was a pack 12 after dark, right? That's been the joke for the last several years because nobody's watching Arizona state versus Oregon state. It's just not no, like nobody cares about Colorado, Utah. Um, now you've got at least two teams who are going to go over and play at what is their eight o'clock in the morning. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, uh, it's gonna this happen. Makes sense. It's gonna happen. This yeah, makes- this. There you go, Greg. Come on, come on. By the way, Matt Matt says the old school regional conferences are dead, and they died when we went to the Big Ten. At least yeah. we're neighbors with Iowa. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of neighbors with USC. <laughs> uh, because we have far- planes. We have planes. Oh, yeah, I understand we have planes. Uh, Vince Watson says would rather add Utah than either Oregon or Washington. Uh, Fred says that Colorado doesn't bring any value. West uh, West Virginia, I don't know. Maybe they get us the pit TV market. Um, now, we're getting dangerously close to an hour and a half here, and there's still a lot of starred comments. Um, so if I miss some of the, the live ones coming in, I apologize, but, uh, David Matney says, what will be our record after the first three games? And I wanted to, to say, I don't remember who I didn't highlight it, but somebody said after the first three games will be four and oh, cause we won the off season. So, um, Oh, that's pretty good. I like that. That's, that's I, <laughs> what do you think, Nate? What do you think? I, I think we lose in Minnesota. And then we win the other two. That's what I think. Reno. Okay. Come on, guys. Why? Why? We can't. I'm not ready to love again. I have to say this every time. <laughs> John, not only are you ready to love, you're ready to be hurt again. No, I'm not. You are. Um, the Minnesota have- game. I'll be at that game. It'll be in public. So I will. I will be hurt. That's the thing. You'll be fine. Uh, because we're going to win. Uh, Corby says, yeah, you guys think a hypothetical uh, seven to five season with the bowl win would significantly boost recruiting for the 25 class. Not that I'm saying the cycle is bad. I'm drinking Kool-Aid this week, Corby. I've been drinking Kool-Aid all off season long. Uh, yes. You know, uh, I think you show marked improvement and you show that this coaching staff knows how to win and, and, for the most part, probably with guys who are not their guys. Um, now they've they've hit the transfer port a little bit. They've brought in some guys, you know, Jeff Sims among others. Uh, but they're 
Yeah, significantly. I, I think I think you see a good, which is not bad because I think after some of the the, the signings this week, I think Nebraska's up to 14th nationally. Yeah, 14th. So maybe maybe 13th, depending upon the service. And Dion Pryor says a bowl game would send recruiting into the stratosphere. Yeah, I think if you show direction and you have a plan and that you know what you're doing and you act like a professional, then yeah, that's all of these things. All of these things would be proof of moving in a direction, a good direction, a winning direction, a positive direction for Nebraska fans. Can you? Uh, so Fred asks, I'm sorry, on the, if we lose to Minnesota. Will define our season. Do you see that? What? Uh, yeah. Say that again. Fred asks if we lose to Minnesota. Ah, oh, there we go. Okay. If, if don't Fred have to answer in the show, but just asking in general. Well, Fred, I love you so much. I'm going to answer on the show. And the answer <laughs> is no. <laughs> uh, I I just want to put this out there. It's times like this that I'm uh. Uh, reminder that I had homework this week for the show that I didn't do. So uh, we'll see if uh, MK remembers the question from last week. If not, I'm going to skate by it and maybe we'll try to uh, address it next week. Definitely don't have the answer for now. Uh, James Marshall had, here we go. Uh, whoop, nope, that's not the right one. There we go. James Marshall said earlier, I missed the days that you knew that the Huskers weren't going to get overpowered, maybe outmaneuvered, but never overpowered. Nice distinction there. Um, I definitely long for the days when Nebraska is the toughest team on the field. Hey, James, you know, you know we're go, bringing... They're good. If, if, we go, if we go seven and five, and, and part of that seven and five is answering this question, is showing that we are no longer being pushed around like a little puss boys, uh, that, that is a massive giant thing for recruiting and that probably out of anything we've discussed tonight that's probably the number one thing that nebraska needs to show in 2023 is that our strength and conditioning people kind of know what they're doing and that they can show that they can be a physical they don't have to do it against minnesota because it's still early but you know as the team season goes on that should become more apparent as part of the playing process uh, James also weighed in on that question about uh, a loss to Minnesota, which again is not going to happen, but says uh, the Minnesota game is very important, not just because it's a conference game, but it's a barometer of the team's toughness. So a little bit of John, what you were just saying there. And Fred says uh, for the five millionth time, this season five will million. depend on our offensive line. This is why I don't think we get anything beyond seven wins. Uh, James says, I'd rather go seven and five like Illinois did last year than go eight and four like Purdue did. You mean like by throwing the ball all over? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> by sure losing their James, coach. what do you mean? Um, all right. Uh, living in Omaha, David Matney says, we need a special postseason video dedicated to the top 10 comments by Fred Sacco. Oh. That'd be I, hard to, that would be hard to do. I don't think I could do that. Um, not just because – I mean, just because of volume alone. <laughs> right? Yes. Um. James says uh, why uh, Purdue was weak up front. Um, True. Oh, and then uh, MK says, I have more homework. Who are the top five Husker alumni 
best at supporting Nebraska after graduation. Oh, man. I, I got to say probably number one is Ndamukong Sue for all the, uh, you know, money that he put into what the – I mean, then they renamed the weightlifting the facility after him. No, they, they renamed the law school after him. You say the law school? Yeah, because he, he sued everybody. Oh, God, why? Why? Now I'm dead. I can't go on. <laughs> you're you're the worst. Why? 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 I'm pretty sure I just you heard you. You literally, you literally thought of this joke months ago, and we're no, waiting. I didn't. All of your life. Come on, it's not bad. <laughs> I was, I was not. Um, as far as best of supporting, you know what, Rex Burkhead. Um, not just for uh, the support of of uh, the school, but of uh, the Team Jack uh, Foundation. I, I think that's, you know, uh, that's a good point. That's a good point. which all comes back to, you know, the state of Nebraska. Maybe not, not no, the funds necessarily, but it's all a good luck. Um, it's a really good question. Um, I, I don't have uh, – we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely cheat off of you guys over the next week to come up with a few more names. Uh, the, the homework that he did – have it because last week we talked about uh you know how once a husker always a husker is a bunch of nonsense or at least i said it's a bunch of nonsense when somebody leaves the program um you know not based on graduation or going to the nfl but when they just you know pack up and go to another school i said eh, no longer a husker uh, and so that was mk's question is who are the top 10 not a husker <laughs> former huskers <laughs> Uh, so that's the homework I did not do, but I also have three kids, uh, one of whom's been sick this week and a job. So, um, sorry, MK for letting you down. Uh, oh God, Nate M says, Fred, you lost me. Oh my, I'm in physical pain. This is the onside <laughs> kick of podcasts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, by the way, Dondre uh, said it was a very good joke. And uh, thank you. And Fred says, you guys are the best, even John. So, and then our last question has nothing to do with football, but it's an important one nonetheless. And Mike Schuster asked this one uh, over an hour ago when this episode was still in its infancy and says, off subject, but I hope John's air quality hasn't caused any health issues. Uh, No, it hasn't. Y'all doing all right with your uh, air quality up there in Minnesota? It's, it's kind of, it's been bizarre. I mean, yeah. there's been days where it's been very, you know, very, very, uh, I was, I was going to say holocaust That's not the right word. That's a, oh God. A, you know, apocalypse You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Post-apocalyptic. I mean, it, the sky is just a terrible, like you're walking around in something that's been blown up and burned to pieces. The whole town is burned down. And it's, it's been nasty a few times. Uh, my wife is a preschool teacher and by, I think state standards, they have to watch the air quality like colors and they can go, can't go outside if it's too bad. And, you know, they've had a few days like that, but I haven't had any problems with it. Good. Good. Probably Thanks for asking. Out. Thanks for the concern. I appreciate that. Probably not out trying to run any five. Next week, you'll have to ask me if there was any long term effects from Nate's joke, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, all right. Well, 
I think everybody, 91 minutes into this thing, is probably a, a good time to call it a night. When we started, I could still see daylight, and now it is but night. It feels right. Okay. That's a great ending. It's very good. Uh, thank you to all of you Chatterfields uh, for our first time exclusively on YouTube. Tell your friends. Tell them exactly where you can find us uh, uh, if you missed any familiar faces or names. There we go. Um, I just, yeah, just with, can you, you probably can't, but you should at least ask the university if you can put Herbie on there because that would be like over oh, coverall the- inception because he wears coveralls. Uh, these aren't these aren't mine. These are coming from foco.com. Oh sure, sure. They definitely didn't look like Nebraska colors or or logos. So I right there with you. Um but for uh, Nate who joined us tonight and we do appreciate you uh for John Dam Johnston our founder, fearless leader and really the uh the internet father of us all. I'm Greg Mahachko. This has been the Five Heart Podcast where we remind you each and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. John? Go Big Red! Nate? I got nothing. That's pretty Good much night. the usual. He, he, he really emptied his cup with that uh, oh, sued joke. Is what I it was very proud of that, by the way. I thought of it like that. I mean, no, it's not that hard, but I was like, oh, here we go. Glad I teed that one up accidentally for yes. you. I wish I would have not done that. I did not have that like, <laughs> oh, I should tell this joke. Oh.